Well, they say all good things must eventually come to an end, and that would be the Milwaukee Brewers winning every series so far to start this season as they lost their first series of the year as they fell to the Diamondbacks in the afternoon rubber match, 7-3. to I didn't know, Rowdy, if they were going to score any runs. I, part of me wanted the Brewers to score zero runs just to keep the trend going of their losses, and that would be never scoring any runs, being shut out in all of their losses. Instead, Christian Yelich, of all people, bases loaded, thought possibly there'd be a strikeout. Instead, uh, Yelich finishes, they have two RBIs. Yeah, and Christian Yelich, two more hits last night for uh, Christian Yelich. And I know uh, I keep having to point this out, but again, center to left, everything <laughs> up the middle or to the opposite field, he looks good. When he pulls the baseball, not so much. But yeah, you also mentioned something there with the strikeouts. Mm-hmm. He is striking out at an alarming rate. Yeah, it's not it's not good. <laughs> Brewers lose, though, uh, whatever. You know, Jansen Junk was on the mound. Brandon Woodruff went down to the IL 15-day uh, uh, yesterday. And Jansen Junk, or two days ago, Jansen Junk was, you know, his uh, corresponding move. Uh, Rowdy, Jansen Junk lived up to the last name. Kind of junk out there. Yeah, four and two-thirds, gave up five runs, four of them earned, struck out just two. It is what it is, though, right? Yep. I mean, you're right now, if the Brewers had it their way, their starting rotation would probably be Corbin Burns, mm. Brandon Woodruff, mm. uh, Woody... Uh, Freddie Peralta, Eric Lauer, Wade Miley. Like that's, those are your five starters. Yeah. You yeah. also have Aaron Ashby would be right in there. If healthy, Adrian Hauser would be right in there when healthy, even buying them. It's probably Jason Alexander. That's, that's eight starting pitchers that I've listed off. Now we get into Jansen junk. Who's nine. <laughs> Ethan small is probably 10. And then you would go to your bolt. One of your bullpen guys in Bryce Wilson, who's been a starter. He's probably 11. Yeah. So, so right now you're kind of on your eighth, ninth starting pitcher. You're starting to get quite thin. And I know we talked about this yesterday, but uh, what do they do today? Uh, is it, uh, there is, it is undecided on who is pitching as of last night. And it sounded like it could be Bryce Wilson or a bullpen day, or, or maybe they come up with a player out of left field. Now I'm reading here on, uh, on ESPN. It says Eric Lauer will start for the Brewers against the Padres. Um, I thought I saw last night that they were pushing everybody back. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just this is what ESPN just says. Eric Lauer will start against uh, Nick Martinez, but this was when was this written? This was written ten hours ago, updated ten hours ago. So uh, maybe they're pushing people back. I don't. We'll see when the lineup card gets out. It'll be a little later. As uh, again, the Brewers continuing on their ten game West Coast road trip. Padres tonight, uh, eight forty first pitch. So strap in, babies. We're not done yet, Rowdy, with West Coast baseball. And then we got Friday, Saturday, and then what are they? Um, was it said in August is when they get back up the West Coast late games? Yeah, again? so they play off and on on the West Coast pretty much all of April and the beginning of May, and then they don't hit the West Coast until like mid to late August with the Dodgers, and it's just one series. Yeah, uh, that's the Padres at the Mariners, and then. Uh, and then they come back home for a little stand against you got the Red Sox, the Tigers, you got the Angels. Is your buddy Johnny going to go to the, the Angels Brewers games, you think? No idea. Uh, April 28th to April 30th? He gets so, a little weekend weekend affair for Johnny. He, uh, that Kurt Hogg. Yeah, reporter. He, he tweeted out 18 hours ago that the Brewers are bumping back their starters by a day for the Padres series. So as of... Per him, as of last night slash yesterday, Thursday, gotcha. TBA, Friday, Lauer, Saturday, Peralta, gotcha, Sunday, gotcha. Miley. And then he also tweeted out uh, last night saying, well, basically, the Brewers don't have a starter to announce for tomorrow's game yet per Craig Council. Man. So um, it, it could be a bullpen game today or I guess tonight for the Brewers, or it could be. You know, they randomly pull up like an Ethan Small or or a, another arm. Who knows? Yeah, more's going to be revealed. We'll see what happens with the Brewers. Hopefully, uh, uh, I love the start of this article for uh, yesterday of the Brewers falling. They say it's just 13 games into the season, uh, but the preseason hype surrounding the Arizona Diamondbacks appears justified. It's 
Again, it's 13 games. Try not to get myself too worked up over the Brewers, even though I am. But I mean, this is how I see that series. Three-game series, Brewers 100% won one game. Diamondbacks 100% won one game. And then if you look at the first game of that series, wow, the strike zone was quite large for Zach Gallen, even though he pitched pretty well. well but uh, that kind of set the entire tone for that game. Well, how bad was that ump scorecard in that game? That was it terrible. wasn't great, and especially when it was only a 3 to nothing game. Obviously, the, the Brewers didn't get in the scoring column. But in a 3 to nothing game, when it is broke down Oof. as the umpire favored the Diamondbacks by one and a half runs, <laughs> that's that's half the runs they scored, and they only scored three. That's yeah, not good. But it also sets the tone for the Milwaukee Brewers and their offense, the, all the hitters. It's like, well, is this going to be a strike? And then all of a sudden it's consistently being called a strike, and now, now you're kind of out of your comfort zone because yeah, yeah. that wasn't just missing by like an – inch or so that was like three inches it wasn't good off the corners three inches low but i digress i mean it's one series it wasn't good um again some good stuff f- uh, for the brewers yelly two rbis uh william Contreras, wild bill three hits for the brew uh rowdy including a double what's uh what's early returns like on the uh, new catcher william Contreras for the crew well early returns on <laughs> william Contreras is He's a lot freaking better than Omar Nervais. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, that didn't take much. No. Seriously. The Milwaukee Brewers were bottom five in offensive production from the catcher position yeah. last year. And how about even Victor Carantini, who Victor Carantini started out his career as a guy that could catch, play first, third, a little bit of second base, a very versatile catcher. He's even played well this year. He swung the bat so far so good. Now, and he's part of Corbin Burns's gem too, calling some stuff. Victor Carantini also did that last year and then fell apart at the at the All-Star break. Yeah. But, but 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 William Contreras can hit I I think the more interesting thing about William Contreras so far this year is we know he's going to hit so far in his his young big league career. He's hit everywhere. Mm-hmm. He, and he and he's hit every year. The biggest question was his defense. And weirdly enough, the Brewers have only been working with him since they acquired him in that trade for like three or four months. He has already vaulted up in the rankings when it comes to uh, framing pitches, which is one thing that they did really, really well with Omar Narvaez to start. So it is it is kind of cool to see that this Milwaukee Brewers uh, staff, the coaching staff, has taken William Contreras in three or four months and has already made him average at pitch framing. He was way below average pretty much for everything defensively. Hell yeah. So it is pretty a pretty good sign that William Contreras is getting better defensively, and it's really only been one full, not even one full month. We've been like three weeks into the season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's... It's so early. Where are we going to see him when it's, you know, the all-star break or the trade deadline? I'm going to even imagine that he's even better. It was a good move. Uh, one of the only moves from the Brewers, but a great move from the Brewers. We'll get more into uh, Milwaukee as they continue on in the West Coast road trip. Quite the alarming Christian Yelich stat right there, Rowdy. Striking it's not out. good. Uh, or, say it again. He's striking out. He is. So he, he has 39 at bat. Or sorry, 49 at bats this year with 21 strikeouts. He is striking striking out roughly at a rate of 43%. Jesus. And if you take out all the at-bats where he has his 12 hits, that is 21 strikeouts in 37 at-bats. So when he doesn't get a hit, so not he's not even play. putting the ball in play at nearly 57%. And if what's, you look, the, what's the farthest he's dropped in the lineup? Oof. That's a good question. Like I could like this season, he's better lead off f- first and third. First and third. That's it, right? He he is trending towards a seven to nine hitter. It's turning to the bench. I mean, yeah. <laughs> they won't though. In theory, you could easily have a outfield that is Sal Freelich, Garrett Mitchell, and Joey Weimer. With Jackson Cheerio probably ready for big league baseball in a year or so. Do you think they have the balls enough to sit, sit him on the bench? No. When you're getting on private jets with the owner and Ryan Brown back in the day, no. You're not. You ain't getting on a. I don't on think the bench. Joey Weimer, Garrett Mitchell, Sal Freelick, or even Jackson Cheerio have ever gotten on that jet. X Ray Punk on Twitch says, I just don't understand how he's gotten this bad. Even Royds couldn't explain it. It's like he went blind. Maybe he does. maybe it's like the uh, 
the Jackie Bradley Jr. situation. He needed, um, what, some kind of surgery on his eyes. Well, if you look at all of his numbers dating back to 2013 when he was like 2021 making his big league debut for the Marlins, and again, Miami's a hit, is, is a pitcher's ballpark. His 2021, 22, and now this season are his worst for on base percentage, worst for average. It's pretty much his worst of everything. Now, granted, for a Tough. guy that's hitting 240 roughly the last three years, he does have a solid on base percentage, but for a guy hitting 240. That's, um, that's tough, Rowdy. And again, his slugging, his OPS, his on base percentage, his averages, horrible since 2020 <laughs> compared to the rest of his career. Yeah, not a power hit anymore either, is he? I can't wait to hear anyone from uh, the. Time frame of 10 to 2 to break down a swing. Tanner Mordecai, Wisconsin Badgers quarterback. Boys, I know you were talking about the depth chart yesterday in the DMs. Uh, some surprises on the depth chart, kind of. Do you want to break it down of who fell where and what was going down for the Wisconsin Badgers quarterbacks? Well, obviously, Ed, Tanner Mordecai was your one. I think um, pretty much once he announced that he was transferring, it was a pretty, pretty easy pick to say, oh, that's going to be your QB1 going is. into next year. Braden Locke, the transfer from Mississippi State, coming in at number two. And the thing that surprised the hell out of me, because, you know, we've heard so much about all the Wisconsin Badgers transfer quarterbacks, is Marshall Howe, penciled in as the th- number three on the depth chart as of yesterday. Some look at the Wisconsin Badger. Exactly. Because <laughs> he was a, a, fresh, a true freshman last year and ended up redshirting. But obviously, Chase Wolf has transferred out. But he has hopped Nick Evers, the big-time quarterback recruit from Oklahoma, and obviously he had hopped Miles Burkett, who played ahead of him last year. Who's not leaving. Not having leaving. And he made that quite clear. When's the um, portal open back up? May 1st. No, April 15th. I thought it it was May 1st. Yeah, it moved up. So Uh, Saturday? Yeah. So sometime before some places are done with spring and – Sometime, because uh, like Nicole Auerbach tweeted it out. I sure. Yeah, they have moved it. Yeah, it it, it April, got moved April fifteenth to April thirtieth, from yep. what I can see. It got moved this October, so like right before, you know, because it was whatever. originally supposed to be Correct. May first, yep. to May fifteenth. It was originally yeah when like every so they was it, done with spring ball. They moved it like fifteen days earlier. Yes. Would we be surprised if, like, a Nick Evers hit the portal? Uh, like, how does that work if you hit the portal that, now? That you, would be you, pretty odd. That would be pretty tough for Nick Evers because you have to imagine. So he spent he his first it. year in Oklahoma. Come here. And he, he was in Oklahoma learning the Oklahoma playbook, which is not an air raid per se, but more of like a, especially with Lincoln Riley leaving, it was more of like a spread option. Mm-hmm. And then he would transfer to Wisconsin for I don't even know how that would work. Yeah, I don't, he would have to he would have to wait. Because you losing it because year? he he had to re he had to re enroll at Wisconsin for like the spring semester. Yeah. So then he would have to wait. I would imagine until yeah, after the spring so. semester. So then he would be transferring into another because program. You'd lose eligibility. No, he would not. You no. wouldn't. Uh. Uh-uh. You'd just be so far behind that. Well, no, I mean, you'd enter the transfer portal. You'd go somewhere. You'd finish out your semester here. Because he would technically. Because I saw people online be like, I wonder if Evers hits the portal now because of this. Well, he would technically have not really ever been at Wisconsin because there would have been no season. Yeah. yeah. Did, didn't like Zach say, uh, I think it was in one of the camps, his camp, not their camp. Uh, <laughs> um, Ours was first. Yeah. That, or his was first. That he... He physically might be the most gifted out of all of them, but it seems he isn't picked up the offense yet. What? So what is Evers? What, what is he? Is he a is he a redshirt redshirt freshman? Red fresh. So, so okay. well, here's the thing. It's like he's he, almost like a Marcus Allen that went to Minnesota. Technically, Marcus Allen committed to Minnesota, but he never actually played there, and there was never actually a season going on. He might be a guy who hits the transfer portal again. Exactly. But like he's kind of like in the Marcus Allen Minnesota situation. No, yeah. no. He's technically enrolled at Wisconsin yeah. and he's on the team, but 
if he wanted to leave, in theory, he could leave because there's nothing tying him to Wisconsin. But at the same time, he wouldn't get to another program until like the summer slash fall. And then it would almost be like he is a true freshman again because he'd be learning another playbook and he would be behind any of the early enrollees that were going to be true freshmen this year because they would have already have been in there this spring. So he'd even be behind them. So what I don't know if it it would really make sense. No, you'd continue to put yourself behind the eight ball unless you were strictly just looking to straight up play right away. So Evers, but if you were looking to play right away, you probably went to went to Wisconsin. You went to like a ball state. Y'all knows more. Everyone knows more. Mordecai's team. Like, this is Mordecai's year. Yeah. And then, is Evers in it for the long haul? I would just, if he's a redshirt freshman. You already have another redshirt freshman. But there's more there. Like, on Braden Locke's visit, they were supposed to have a half-hour conversation with Longo. Yeah. It turned into four hours of talking well, to the offense. Another like, thing. That guy clearly has a step above Ever, Evers. Well, Evers, and the other thing whatever, that's big yeah. is Evers, when Evers. you talk about the the meeting with Longo between Locke and, and Longo. Yeah. Longo was also on heavy on recruiting Braden Locke out of high school. Right. So they had already previously known each other and have had contact with each other because Braden Locke was potentially thinking about going to North Carolina yep. because of Phil Longo. Nick Evers is a guy that really didn't have any connections with Fickle or Longo, mm-hmm. he was just a highly touted prospect that was coming out of high school that went to Oklahoma that was looking for a new school. Right. So based on maybe scheme fit when it comes to strictly like the area that Phil Longo uh, runs or just uh, personalities like knowing each other, yeah. familiarity, yeah. Braden Locke not only knows the playbook better because he comes from a more standard air raid like Phil Longo, but he knows Phil Longo because he's talked to him before right. because he was recruited by him and then ultimately decided to go to Mike Leach, RIP, and Mississippi State. Yeah. And but, so it makes sense why he would be ahead of him now. But also, let's not forget, even if Nick Evers was a top 10 quarterback, Locke was a top 25 quarterback. Yeah. Right. Like they're both clearly top top kids coming out in last year's freshman class. Mm-hmm. Good. It, it could be one of those two. You wonder how many of these guys can coexist. I just, we'll find out. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's a good, it's a good problem to have for I Wisconsin. Mean, you got uh Burkett who's like, I'm not leaving uh competition breeds success. I love my teammates. It was his dad saying um, all about this on Twitter. So I don't want to know. And, well, I saw his mom tweet out. She's like, that's my baby boy. All right. Okay. Um, but they're proud of him for sticking it out. It makes it sounds like. Um, but, like, maybe he knows people are leaving, so he's moving up the depth chart. Um, but, yeah, I, I the the whole Locke-Evers situation, uh, that, I mean, even Marshall Howe, um, who in his own right was a decently regarded quarterback out of Connecticut. Um, yeah, it... This is th- this has never happened. Right. This, is, this has never happened in Wisconsin football. I love history. talking this problem. This is this this whole new era is wild. Yeah, and this is like an, an insane. See, this good is problem. something that Ohio State and Alabama they do every year. <laughs> Seriously, yeah. it's a factory of players. You're in and you're out. And, it, and, and us, if it's you like, can't, oh. if you can't cut it. It's like you're either going to be fourth, fifth string, or you transfer out. It's like, all right, well, can our quarterback hit some receivers this year? Can we? Sure, would be nice. Limit some interceptions or some fumbles. Would is, you? Ra- is he going to live up to his hype like he did in 2020 would you against rather Illinois? Be <laughs> unsure about some of the guys in the future, but know there's a competition, or just know that it's one particular quarterback that's going to be the starter for the next three years. Love like, the competition. Exactly. Like Graham Mertz never had any competition. Never. And, that was it. That that was who we had. I mean, yeah. what was our biggest competition? Uh, uh, Cone and Mertz when Mertz, the hype was surrounding him? It was Cone versus hype. Dude. Cone versus Mertz hype. Think, yeah. Think about Should some of the... Cone. Should I have? Think about some of the Ohio State competitions over the years. Remember when they had a Braxton Miller mm-hmm. and a JT Barrett and a Cardell Jones? Yeah. All those three guys were on the same freaking roster. <laughs> the third <laughs> string was Cardell Jones and he won him the national title. <laughs> And then you look at some of the other guys even after that. After that, there was JT Barrett, there was Joe Burrow, yeah. and there was Dwayne Haskins. Joe yeah. Burrow couldn't win the job, and he left. And then, and then won a national title. 
Let, then it's pretty good. You could even look yeah, at right. uh, some of the guys that in Georgia that they had. It was Aaron Murray who ended up being drafted by the Bills, I believe. Murray, and he was a, a much better college quarterback yeah. than he was an NFL quarterback. Justin Fields, mm-hmm. and I believe it was JT Daniels. And yeah. Justin Fields and JT Daniels didn't win the job. Aaron Murray did, and they transferred out. Murray, or, those are all top one hundred quarterbacks. The even better one is Purdue who seemed to make every wrong choice at the quarterback position, and everybody who left went to the SEC and became a starter there. Yeah. <laughs> but the like, these are the type of things that these blue blood programs do every single year, and they have zero issues with it. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is rarefied air for Wisconsin. Feels mm-hmm. good. How about this? We'll take a little break, and we'll talk more about it with our guy, Zach Heilprin. Boots on the ground. Boots on the ground. At Badgers practice. Talking with the quarterbacks yesterday. Oh. Like the Tanner Mordecai is talking about winning championships. Winning? Winning. And he's ready for the launch next week. We welcome in our sports director. Big weekend coming up. Zach Heilprin. Good morning, Zach. We can't wait for Saturday, buddy. We are stoked. I thought uh, dumping Dash was... Like you're just dumping somebody and, and not even telling them you're leaving them. I thought it was a different version of ghosting. No, that I, I mean that that plays too. Do you feel guilty yeah. about doing that? I think somebody ghosting. Does. No. In 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 our in our earlier years, Zach. Now that we're both married men, yeah, you know. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no. I, no, not at all. No, Zach, you're That's, more you're more of a you're more of a straight lace kind of guy. But I'm going to ask this question. On the dump and dash, I mean, you've hit the road. You're a road warrior, going to many Wisconsin games on the road. Do you ever feel guilty about going, pulling up to a gas station, not buying anything, using the facilities, then leaving? No. Yeah. Not at all. No. Yeah, same. Where, where, am I supposed to, where else am I supposed to go? I'm just going, supposed to go outside? Like, I don't need to buy it. Why would I need to buy it? Yeah, you'll, you'll get a ticket like, for that outside. Well, I mean, what are you supposed to do? What would you rather get? A ticket, it? Zach, or hassled by a gas station employee? Hassled. I've literally never been hassled by a gas station. Same. Like, why would they be hassling? Like, do you think that it goes into their pocket? Like, if you buy something, it does. They're getting paid no matter what. (laughs) See, here's the thing. Here's the twist. Nelly and I just don't care. RJ will, like, like, pretend to look at some things in the aisle before he does it. Or he'll pull either side of the aisle as you're walking down it. Or he'll pull up to the gas pump and, like, pretend like he's going to get gas afterwards. He's too nice. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. I couldn't care less. <laughs> See, I'm I'm picturing like most of the gas station employees, like you kind of mentioned, is is going back to the movie Superbad, where the guy is just kind of there and he's like, "Really? You spilled stuff?" <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like they don't care. Yeah, they don't care. Zach, no, they don't care. Here's what we do care about: Wisconsin football spring practice. Mm. What number nine today, Zachy? Yes. Yeah, I'll be on the field here in about. 25, uh, 35 minutes. Yep. <laughs> Boots on the ground. Right Let's go. Zach, but you met up with uh, the quarterbacks yesterday. They had some uh, media availability. Tanner Mordecai saying everything that we want to hear, talking about uh, bringing a national championship to Wisconsin, how Luke Fickle will win one at UW. What do we uh, think of the words from the confident Mordecai? I was going to say confident Mordecai. Uh, he's, he's got a little bit of a different air about him, like, uh, Graham Mertz had confidence, but I don't know if it was real. Um, there were, you know what I mean? Like there, were, it's not like it was fake confidence. Like I think that there's probably he believed in himself to a point, but um, would you say Zach right that thing. he said all the right things on the podium? It didn't just necessarily turn out the right way on the field. He always said the right things on the podium. I don't necessarily know if it was always the right things everywhere else too. Um, but it certainly didn't always result in. <laughs> It's a very good play on the field. So, yeah, it, the, it's kind of irrelevant what you say. Like, if you're going to yeah. sit there and say, I'm this and I'm that and, and uh, we are this and we are that and just then go out and not play well, I, I always respected Graham for coming out and talking yeah. about you afterwards. But um, at, at some point, you know, you need to stop talking. You just need to go play. And uh, we'll see what happens with Tanner Mordecai. But he's, actually, he's, he's proven. He's a proven commodity. 72 touchdowns the last two years. He said that he came to Wisconsin. I mean, he was 90% sure he was going to go to the NFL. He heard some stuff from NFL people that he didn't really like about where he's going to be drafted. And so he came, so he came to Wisconsin because he wanted to prove that to those scouts and everybody else that what he did in the AAC can be done. He can do it in the Big Ten. So that's why he's here. And he's very confident that they're going to 
so um, that he's going to be able to do it and that the team's going to be successful. Let me ask you this, Zach, on Tanner Mordecai, before I ask some more about the quarterbacks and the depth chart release, uh, single-season passing leaders top five. Russell Wilson is number one, 3,175 yards. We were having this conversation Monday or Tuesday. Do you think Mordecai can pass Russell Wilson as a single-season, the single-season passing leader for the Badgers? Uh, I think it's going to be tough, but I'll say this. I always thought, I uh, did an interview yesterday with uh, Casey Rabach, who is a former All-American center. He's now inside the uh, recruiting department there, and we're asking him about the offense and like what he expects from the offense, and he said 3,000-yard uh, passer and two 1,500-yard rushers, and I'm like, what? Damn. Uh, Zach, so that's exactly that, that is, that's exactly what I said to Ebo. We looked up uh, Mordecai's stats, and obviously he was coming from an air raid type offense at SMU. He's went over thirty five hundred yards every single year, but he didn't have a Braylon Allen or maybe necessarily the same type of offensive line. But uh, that was my guess. He would still get to about three thousand. Yeah, but I'm saying like he, they're saying like we're going to run the ball down people's throats to the point where we're going to have. We're going to kind of do what they did at North Carolina, and then you're going to have a 3,000-yard passer. So the expectations are extremely high. Um, and maybe I just need to start thinking uh, differently than I have about Wisconsin for a long time. And maybe maybe it's certainly a possibility, uh, and, and they'll get it done, and they'll throw the ball all over the place and run the ball down people's throats and be putting up you know, 40-some-odd points a game like they did in 2011 with Russell as quarterback. I guess it's certainly a possibility. I'm not going to sit here and say uh, it's a guarantee, but they they seem to think that it, that's going to be the case. Zach, do you think you could give us an over under on number of plays that are run with just one one wide receiver on the field, like we've seen <laughs> in the past for Wisconsin? Uh, I would say less than one percent. Zach, uh, so like, are you, over, like, over you said, under you said half number of a play, play, half of a play, half a play, Zach, uh, can we set an over under I mean, on how many times we'll see a wildcat formation this year? Wow, uh, that also is going to be very low. Yeah, <laughs> uh, so the, the, I mean, I could, may, I could maybe see it on the goal line, and not the wildcat, but the other, you know, maybe going one wide receiver when you're on the goal line. But I still think they're almost. I mean, he, they have three wide receivers on the field probably close to like 80% or an 85% with uh, Phil Longo at North Carolina. It was like by far the most of any, you know, formation they used. So, yes, I don't think we're going to be seeing a lot of Jack Dunn, one uh, one wide receiver formations. Tough. Come, and that's uh, just such a change because when's the last time Wisconsin probably felt super comfortable running out three to four wide receivers every play? Maybe the most comfortable would have been when they had Quintez Cephas, Danny Davis, and A.J. Taylor. Well, and you're forgetting Kendrick Pryor as well. And Kendrick Pryor, um, yeah. They had four guys. Wasn't yeah. it the, uh, what did they call it? It was the something four. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, what? The hell was it? The fearsome four? No. Uh, I can't remember. No, Regardless, it doesn't it, matter. It, it, something it, like that, though. The fatal four. The fatal four. They haven't had a ton of talent when it comes to four, five, six guys that can all go out there and make plays. Now it looks like they might. Yeah. And, you know, look, a lot of those, that was one of their better receiving courts when all four of those guys were ready to go in 2019. And they obviously played together in 2017 as well before Quintez got hurt. But, um, yes, their, their wide receiver crew is deep. Uh, we've seen guys up and down it make plays. Their top four of DK and uh, Will Paul and, and Keontes Lewis and Skyler Bell and C.J. Williams, and assuming when he gets healthy enough, Bryson Green, like that top six, they've never had anything like that before. Ever, like ever, ever, never had anything like that before. Uh, Zach Halpern, our sports director, joining us right now. Be sure to check out his uh, The Camp. This is The Camp. I know Wisconsin does their The Camp, but Zach says The Camp. The. The. The Camp. Is that copyrighted? Yeah, how's it all work? Weren't you the trailblazer? I don't know. It's it's hilarious. There's The Camp podcast. There's The Camp video series. And there's also The Camp message board. uh, But yours is yours is. It is covered. It is all covered. Yours is the premiere, the camp. So, Zach, uh, be sure to check that out. Also, Kenny and Heilprint, another rousing edition tonight, 6 to 7, uh, in studio this time. But, Zach, something else that uh, we were talking about before you came on, and it's uh, you know, like usually for Wisconsin football, you knew who the quarterback was going to be. There's never really much competition. And you're like, all right, let's 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 see if he can actually hit some wide receivers, limit some turnovers, yada, yada, yada. Uh, Tanner Mordecai, number one. Brayden Locke, number two. Marshall Howe, number three. What? Mm. All right, what's going on with this depth chart? Where the hell's Nick Evers? 
Nick Evers is still in the process of, I think, um, learning and understanding the offense. Uh, Phil Longo is not going to put you out there and get reps unless you know the offense. He had a actually a really good one-liner that I'm uh, right now it's blanking on me, but it was essentially if you don't if you don't know the offense, you're not going to get the rest of practice. If if you're not fully in control, it hurts everybody else like that. You're, sometimes he said he talked about how at Ole Miss they used to they just threw a guy in there that had the most athleticism and the best arm. Um, because that's what they wanted in that offense, and it hurts everybody else. So he learned that there, and he hasn't done that yet. I mean, he's had other guys that are extremely athletic and have the best arms, but they don't know the offense, and it hurts the rest of the players trying to get up to speed with it. So uh, Nick Evers currently, you know, he's he's getting rushed. Marshall Howie was the number three quarterback in practice on Tuesday. It's kind of, you know, rotated a little bit between him, Nick Evers, and Miles Burkett. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's an offense. It's an understanding of the offense type of thing right now for, for Nick Evers. So, uh, Braden Locke and Tanner Mordecai each had a little bit of a leg up in some of the offensive schemes that they ran at their previous stops. And so, they were kind of able to hit the ground running, and, and Nick is having to play cuts up a little bit. Nick, you can go ahead. No, I was just going to say, it. yeah, it makes sense with Braden Locke, the fact that, Longo was actually recruiting him when he was at North Carolina, ended up going to Mississippi State, it ran a more you know prototypical air raid offense where Nick Evers came from more of like a shotgun spread. So it, it makes sense that he's a little ahead of him. It does, and Braden Locke actually worked uh, not just the air raid, but he also ran very similar offense in high school with some, with some of the RPO stuff. So they that, that has also helped. And, and obviously Phil Longo recruited Tanner Mordecai coming out of high school too. And so, yeah, and he's obviously got the experience with it. The other three are still, you know, working to, to get up to speed on it. What's Miles Burkett up to? Same. Yeah. Same. same well, he, yeah, you same have thing. to just imagine, like, him and Marshall Howell, being that they were at Wisconsin last year, they're running a pro-style offense. Now, I don't exactly know the specific offense they were running in high school, but just being at a program where you're running a pro style offense, that's quite the change all of a sudden going to an air raid. That's a lot yeah, of learning. I mean, I mean Miles Burkett Miles Burkett ran a little bit of a spread offense and, and hurry up offense in high school at Franklin. So and I'm sure I, I guess I don't know exactly where you know what Marshall Howe's background was. He uh is a walk on obviously and, and hasn't uh and didn't really have any True Division One offers, so, but yeah, it's it's a it's a different it's a big change I think obviously and people are going to see that when they uh, come out for the launch on Saturday next launch, Saturday the launch um, yeah so which is essentially just going to be a glorified practice no, so no be yeah. expecting that but yeah. yeah you think you think uh, Luke Fickle is going to get on the mic and hype everyone up he seems pretty like a big hype guy oh Phil Longo's a big hype guy too we're going to get like two yeah. MCs just crushing it. I think that they probably should throw Brady Collins, the strength coach, on there. He would. Oh yeah, dude! I've seen like those that. videos. That yeah. guy gets that yeah. guy gets super hyped. Hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Zach, another thing I wanted to talk to you about was some of the. Rowdy wants to know if you can be the hype man Saturday, this Saturday for you. Oh, that'd be awesome. That's what he wanted to ask you. I'm on. Oh, okay. Sorry. Right. Your other question. I wanted to ask you a little bit about <laughs> some of the 2024 recruiting because obviously in the last week or two the the Badgers have picked up more recruits and more specifically in-state recruits. And I know we've talked about this a little bit, but no one's ever going to confuse the state of Wisconsin for like a Georgia, a Florida, a California, or a Texas when it comes to, you know, football talent. And I believe you mentioned it last year, the 2023 class, there was only like a couple of kids that were really, you know, division one standout type players in the entire state. And now there's close to a dozen. And one of the big question marks for Luke Fickle was he's an Ohio state guy. Is he going to be able to come in to the state and protect the state? Well, it seems like he's pretty much gotten every recruit so far that's committed and they're in the state of Wisconsin, and there's a number of kids in the state of Wisconsin that are Division One uh, caliber athletes this year. Yeah, in the 2023 class, there were two kids that ended up going to Power 5 schools. Uh, Nate White, running back, he's coming to Wisconsin, and then there's a guy that's going to Vanderbilt. So um, not exactly a ton of talent in the state. 2024 <laughs> is completely different. There's 11 guys with Power 5 offers, most of which have offers to Wisconsin. The ones that they've picked up so far haven't been the the uh, the, the uh, the best ones, I'll say that, yet. Um, but, yes, Randon Gouther, the linebacker they got out of 
Bayport yesterday, I believe he's the eighth-ranked player in the state, uh, had uh, offers from Stanford, which is obviously where uh, a significant portion of Wisconsin's staff from last year is. So uh, they, they knew him and they wanted him out there. Really smart kid. Um, so they got him in the, in the fold. They got Derek Jensen, the tackle out of Arrow, Arrowhead, last week. Was it the week before? Um, and so he's, I think he was ranked uh, fifth in the state. And Rob Booker, the tight end out of Wanakee, I think is ranked fourth in the state. It's the top three guys, though, that they're, uh, I think will come down to decide whether Luke Fickle is able to, uh, to lock down the state and, and how much they want those guys to. I think that there's been, uh, I don't know if there's, uh, they want those guys as much maybe as um, some of the, uh, the, the the previous staff does. But there's two kids at Waukesha Catholic Memorial and Donovan Harbor and Corey Smith, their offensive lineman and running back. And then there's another guy in McQuanago and Peter Roy, who's uh, getting offers. Those three guys have offered some, most of the top programs in the country, at least in the Midwest. And uh, so if they can hold on to all those three, it'd be a great start to locking down the state, which for the most part, Paul Chris was able to do a, a few guys escape, especially in that really talented 2022 class. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be a challenge. Every big program in the country coming after these guys. But uh, so far, off to a good start. But those three, I think, will probably decide whether what people think about Luke Fickle's ability to keep kids in state. And I feel like with Luke Fickle bringing in some of these transfers and then right away it was like, here's a four-star, here's a four-star. Uh, some of the people, I guess, are maybe down a little bit when seeing that a, a three-star commits, especially if it's a three-star, you know, from the state of Wisconsin. But over the years, Wisconsin has grabbed a lot of offensive linemen or linebackers, tight ends, running backs, whatever, that are three-stars that end up being some of their better players. Yeah, and that's the way they've had to be successful. And, and recruiter rankings are what they are. If the staff likes them, they're going to offer them and, and go after them. So, like, it's, they like Landon Gothard, even though he's a three-star recruit, right? So, <laughs> uh, same thing with Rob Booker, same thing with Derek Jensen. Like, they like the kids. Uh, they think they can turn them into really good players, and that's always been the case in Wisconsin. It's recruit and develop. Um, I think always, I think it's always been this way, and I don't know, maybe it's a little bit different in the class of 2024, but I feel like Wisconsin uh, kids in the state are always a little bit underrated. Um, that's why some of the guys that, you know, they get to walk on back in the day, like a Joe Schobert. Like, he obviously is a really, really talented player. And same thing with Zach Vaughn, same thing with Alec Ingold. I know those guys didn't walk on, but they were kind of lower-tier the lower tier guys, and they turned out to be NFL players, and the same thing with Joe Schobert. So mm-hmm. um, I think Wisconsin recruits, Wisconsin players are always a little bit underrated. I agree with you. And if for one example, too, it's like Leo Chanel. Well, he's playing in a state of Wisconsin where it's not seen as a great football state, and then he's playing at an extremely small school, so he's not you know seen as playing the best competition, yet those guys come in here and become NFL players. Yep. Zach, <laughs> dynamite dropping. Um, thank you because you knew I had a break. Well, I don't know. What you, I, I don't, yeah, I don't know what. I mean, well, I you can feel, you can feel it. You can feel the break. You know, woefully late. Hey, Zach, really excited for Saturday. Uh, can you at least promise to dance with you know, myself and maybe Rowdy? Se- separate dances. I can promise. I'll, I can. I can promise. I'll watch you guys for sure. <laughs> I would like just doesn't even have to be a long dance, Zach. Maybe we do the chicken dance together, or you know, the Cupid shuffle. I'll you give say? you a fist bump as I walk, I walk, as I walk by. You'll do what? I'll give you a fist bump as I walk by. Oh, that's nice of him. I guess beggars can't be choosers, can they? Nope. Zach. That's <laughs> contact. Hey, tonight, speaking of beggars, you're going to be able to handle uh, Ben Kenny in studio? Six to seven, Kenny and Halford? Uh, yes, I don't see why not. I mean, I don't feel like that's been a do- domination uh, kind of thing. I mean, <laughs> Zach, we One love you, buddy. that conversation. Well, yeah, yeah. it's you. Right, uh, I'm sorry I For can't sure. be there to be your hype man like I was at Monk's. That was fun. You zinging yeah. Ben Kenny and me just hyping you up. Zach, we love you, buddy. Can't wait for Saturday. A real heartbreaker himself. Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media. Robbie! What's up, Rob? Good morning, boys. What's happening, brother? How we living? Oh, we're living great. How you living, Evo? Better now that you're on, Rob. I mean, I'm, I'm good, but now I'm better. You know what I'm saying? We we uh we were just lamenting over all the Aaron Rodgers news or lack thereof, talking about now uh, some draft compensation potentially coming out. Rob, how over the story are you right now? Well, I was. I'm hoping you turn this up real quick for me because you know that Annie's back in town. Oh, here we go. I'll turn it up, Rob. Oh, 
digging it? You rocking? I am digging it, man. From her eyes, a different smile like that of no one knows. <laughs> Let her go, baby. <laughs> All right. No, sorry. Let's get, let's get to Rogers. Well, I could listen to more Led Zeppelin. No, your listeners don't want that right now. I don't know. Well, Robbie, they do no, love yeah, your they, hot they takes. May want they may want, they may want that more than they want me. No, every time um, you're on, Robbie, I always get like a, a, just a, a wide variety of uh, responses to your hits. I love it. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it is uh, – there's no black and white. Or, I mean, it's all black and white with me, right? There's no gray. You're so, calling balls and strikes, you know? You, you, yeah, but, you know, either you're on, you know, the, the same side of the aisle that I am with some of these or, or you're not. There's no – there's no, there's no vanilla here. So, um, yeah, and, and, and no, you're, you're right, Evo. Um, you know, the, we're all tired of the Rogers thing. I mean, they, they, hey, maybe David Bakhtiari is the new GM, right? Or the, 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 the new player slash GM, because he, he told you Rogers is going to be a Jet, which, which I think we all know, but it was funny to hear that from the left tackle, who, who also told you that the football team might suck next year. So, um, <laughs> Which which I don't think is going to be the case whatsoever. I, really? I think they're going to have. I, no, I think they're going to be the surprise of the league. Evo. Oh, really Robbie! Do. I'm telling you right now. I think the quarterback play will be improved. The roster the roster is is going to be okay when it's all said and done. And I I think they're going to sneak into the postseason Whoa. when it's all said and done, Evo. I'm okay. telling you that wow. right now. And that and that's and that's before the draft. And I think they're going to they have a chance. Anyways, it's obviously up to the general manager. But they have a chance once they get this deal finalized with the Jets to have themselves one heck of a draft. Rob, before we get into your uh, awesome musings right there about the Packers, uh, so real quick, just you know, it's because we have to. Packers want a 2023 second rounder and a 2024 first rounder from the Jets, and if Rodgers retires, would give the Jets draft compensation back in 2025. If, if that is the case, what does Rob Reichel think of it? If it gets done, and do you think it's going to get done before the draft? No, I think both parties really want and need it done before the draft. I mean, especially from uh, really from both sides. But let, let's look at Green Bay first because that that is the most interest to, to anybody listening right now. Evo, you know, they have to find more weapons right now for for Jordan Love. They 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 simply don't have enough. And I think this is going to be a draft where they go, let's say, seven out of ten offensive side of the ball something like that, and they try to load up the playmakers. Let's just start a wide receiver. You know, that, that, that room is unbelievably barren right now. You know, Dubs and, Dubs and Watson are, are the only two guys, that, you know, on, on the roster really that, that have done much of, much of anything. And you're talking Dubs had 42 catches last year as a rookie. Watson had 41. And then the other three guys on your roster right now are Samari Toure, Bo Melton, and Jeff Cotton. I mean, you you can't go to battle with that. I still anticipate Evo they'll sign a maybe a, a veteran of some sort to, to add to this mix, and then and then draft at least two. Uh, you know, when, when the draft commences two weeks from tonight. Now go to tight end Evo. You're looking at at, at Deguara, I think with 39 career catches. I've got a story up on tight ends today at Forbes, uh, breaking down the tight end group and looking at Green Bay's group. And and if I remember right, I think I wrote 39. On DeGuara, Tyler Davis, Evo has eight. So you've got 47 uh, catches, career combined from your tight end group right now. So they've got to obviously beef up that position. So if you're Brian Gutekunst and, and the and, and and the Packers heading into this draft, you know the running back group that or the running backs on on the Packer roster right now are are are, are obviously very good. I think it's going to be a top ten offensive line. Uh, they'll, they'll find a, a backup quarterback in this draft. But the big thing that they're going to have to go and get is on the offensive side of the ball where they're going to add two – I think they're going to add two tight ends and two wide receivers, Evo, when this, when this is all said and done. And Gutekunst has to get a couple more draft picks, I think, to, to make that happen. Now, if you're the Jets and you've got your owner running around town um, at, at these various charity functions and wherever else he appears saying Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet – you, you, you want to get him to town as soon as possible. And, and what you also want to do, Evo, is set up the chance. And I only say chance because none of, none of us know what King Aaron ever wants to do. Um, the chance that Aaron Rodgers will show up to your offseason stuff if you are the Jets. If, if this thing lingers into June, you know, right before the, 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 the June 1 date where a lot of the salary structure changes, Evo, uh, in terms of how it's going to hit the books, Aaron Rodgers can come back 
Aaron Rodgers can skip OTAs and mini camps and all that kind of stuff and put all the blame back on the Packers. Now, I don't think Brian Gutekunst and the Packers particularly care if that's the case, Ebo, but it gives Rodgers, again, another built-in excuse to get out of the offseason <laughs> program. If the trade gets made, Ebo, what is it today, the 13th? So let's say April 25th, two, two days before the draft. Now, now the pressure is back on Rodgers to, to get his tail uh, in all the uh, off-season stuff that the Jets are going to run. Right. Because otherwise, I will, I will tell you this, Ebo, and sorry, I'll, I'll, I'll let you on in a second. The, the, New, the New York media is going to beat him up pretty good if he doesn't show up for that. Rob, he's already practicing with Alan Lazard, though. Uh, last week, him and Alan Lazard were like throwing, catching, throwing some balls together. Come on, he's already putting in the work. What do you mean? Well, I'm sorry. I, I know you've always got number twelve back, Evo. But uh, and Rob, there's, come there's, on. There's, there's I, and I know you're teasing me, but there, there's there's <laughs> more guys on a football team than, than, uh, than a number three wide receiver know. who's a good who's a good blocker. I think Rogers will handle the New York media. He told Joe Biden to f off too when Biden was like stumbling all over his words and his feet about him trying to get jabbed. So I think he can handle New York media already. Robbie, do you think it's weird though that all of a sudden it's a concern to get Jordan Love more weapons when it was essentially the same tight end and receiving room that it is now with Rogers the last couple of years? Oh, I, I don't think it's the same whatsoever, Nelly. You 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 lost by far your number one tight end in the Chicago Bear now. Um, you know, and I know Robert Tunyon coming off the ACL wasn't the same Robert Tunyon that he was in, in twenty twenty when he had those eleven touchdowns, but he was still light years and miles ahead and better than Josiah DeGuara and, and Tyler Davis. And then, you know, I mean, you look at the wide receiver room, just just the hits that they've taken there. And let's call it the last 14, 15 months, right? Starting with Devontae Adams and going to MVS and Equinemia St. Brown. And not, now, again, not, none of these guys after Adams are obviously Pro Bowl players, but then he loses Alan Lazard, who they were trying to tell you was the number one wide receiver on the roster last year. And, and there's no question, he was their number one target in goal line situations. He and Rodgers had terrific chemistry, you know, in, in, inside the, 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 the 10 yard line. Um, you know, they, they, they've cut Amari Rodgers. They've cut uh, Sammy Watkins. I mean, that, that whole room is dramatically different. I mean, it's almost empty right now, Nelly. There's, there's only two guys really on the roster that are, you know, that we know are NFL players. So uh, they need a lot of help there, and, and they, they need it on draft weekend. Would you say maybe not necessarily the same exact names, but caliber of play being kind of where it was? It's, it's, it's worse because there's the lack of numbers, but – the room that Rodgers was throwing to it, it's not like it was great. Sorry, Nelly, you faded away for a second. Can you repeat that? Yeah, just maybe it's some of the same names that Rodgers has played with the last few years, but obviously, like you said, like Bob Tunyon has moved on. Some of the aging Mercedes Lewis or Randall Cobbs aren't there, but overall, the, the caliber of play is still kind of close to the same. It's not very good. Well, up until the 2022 season, you had the number one wideout football, right? I mean, you, so, you know, you, you, and, and even last year, say what you will about Bob Tunyon, he's, he's still a middle of the pack tight end and, you know, maybe as high as what, between 12 and 15 when it's, when it's all said and done. I mean, he's a, he was a very serviceable starter. And, and right now, I mean, Nelly, I, I don't think they have a starting tight end on the roster. I mean, if they have to go to battle tomorrow, it's Josiah DeGuara, obviously, you know, and you're talking about a guy there who's averaged 13 catches a, a, a year for his first three seasons in the league. So no, this, this, this is by far Nelly, the, the thinnest that I can remember uh, the wide receiver and the tight end room being now. Now I will say this. I mean, both Watson and Dobbs have the ability, I think next year as they become possibly the one and the two uh, in, in, in the pecking order in that wide receiver room, you know, to be guys that can push 80 catches, uh, each of them. And they, they can blossom, I think, down the road into a really good one-two combination when it's all said said and done, Nelly. But at this point in time, they haven't done that yet. And, and I, I mean, I, I think they need, you know, they, they need a slot guy. Obviously, Cobb's not going to come back. I, I failed to even mention him. Um, you know, they, they're going to need another outside weapon, uh, you know, they, they'd love a guy who, who can certainly run um, and, and stretch a defense because that, that's what Watson can do right now. But, but Dubs is obviously more of a, a possession guy. So you, you'd have two burners potentially on the outside. Uh, you, you, you'd have, 
you know, the possession guy in dubs, they, they could find a slot guy. I mean, if, if a guy like TCU's Quentin Johnson is sitting there at 15, uh, Nelly, I fully expect them to go and draft that guy. He, he could be, a you know, he, he could be a bonafide legit number one within 12 months and, hmm. and all these guys then slot into a two and a three spot or something like that. And, and now your wide receiver room is unbelievably young. You've got guys all in their, you know, uh, young to, to middle twenties growing up here with Jordan Love, whereby let's call it 2025, you could have an absolutely outstanding, uh, you know, group of pass catchers. And if Love develops, you know, you could have a top 10 or 12 quarterback where your passing game could right, you know, be right back into the top 10 of the national football league. Pencil this in right now, Rob, my Ooh. way too early prediction for the receiving core. I actually think Bo Melton will be serviceable for the Packers. Great first name. I will, I will pencil that in, Nelly. <laughs> Serviceable. Like, as in, like, if he's your fourth receiver, I think he could be decent. So what do you call what do you call decent, Nelly? 30 receptions? Yeah, 30 receptions, 450-ish yards, something like that. All right. I will give you the over-under on Bo Melton catching 30 balls, <laughs> and I will, I will take the under. Hey. And, 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 and you, I'll tell you what, you, you can set the odds. And you and you can set the dollar amount, Nelly. Rob, you don't have to write this down, by the way. Rowdy will never forget this. <laughs> so you, you do not have to write it down, okay? Well, I know. Rob, Rob, Rowdy's got the hottest podcast on gambling in town. So yeah, winner's take. It, Are we doing a new one today, Rob? Yeah, new one, ab- new one drops today. No, hey, six no, and two hey, in the last two pods, Rob. It, it, it is great stuff. I'm going to be listening close as the NBA playoffs are here because no. I know nothing about the league. Rob, I'm glad you bring up podcasts in the NBA. There is some, I'm going to switch gears here on you. I have a, I have a question for you because I, I'm very curious because you, you personally know him. You do a podcast with him. His name's Gary Wolfel. You guys do a Packers podcast, right, still? Yes, we do. Yep. Yep. My, man, Gary Wolfel. That's my question for you. Gary was taking a lot of heat, Robbie, about his Thanasis and then the Kumo article about the NBA. <laughs> I mean, this is not you defending or whatever about Gary. I was just like, what is, does Gary like hear the people chirping at him about his Thanasis article or stuff? Like does, does Gary like stir in the pot or is he just, you know, calling balls and strikes too? You know, when you've been around as long as Gary or I have, you, you just kind of tune out that noise. And, <laughs> and well, and, and especially in today's world, I mean, it, it, it's funny when I would have got started in this business and Gary's 15 or 20 years older than me, Evo, you know, back then, maybe somebody left you a voicemail or something like that on, <laughs> you know, on, on, on your phone at work. And now, you know, 800 people can light you up on Twitter or something like that. I, you know, I, I tell all the young kids that I talk to in this business, Evo, don't pay any attention to that. Just, just stay true to what you believe. Yeah. Stay true to your sources. Stay true to your story. And, uh, you know, all that, all that Twitter noise or whatever fades away pretty quickly. And, um, I honestly, Evo didn't see what what Gary wrote there, um, but uh, but I'll tell you what, knowing Gary like I do, he, you know, I, I'm sure he paid absolutely no attention yeah. to, to what anybody said to him on social media afterwards. Uh, he he loves his he loves stirring it up with the Bucks, and I love him for that. He does love stirring it up with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. Essentially, Rob, he said that the Nassis isn't an NBA player, and he's only on the roster because he's Giannis's brother. But we all kind of know that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think I don't think that is uh, breaking news, right? <laughs> but people right? were just like, it's, people were like, why did you write this? It was pretty funny. It, the, yeah. it's, it's much like the Ellenson brothers going to Marquette. It's much like the Davis <laughs> brothers going to Wisconsin, right? You know, if you can, if you if, if you have to take the brother to get the superstar, you do it. I think it's called the cost of doing business. Sometimes, Robbie, yes, it's it a is. tax. Yes, yeah, it the yes. the Thanasis the, the, the tax. <laughs> hey, Robbie, uh, real quick, buddy, what are we thinking of the Milwaukee Brewers? I know they just lost their first series. Corbin Burns finally looking good, and you know one of the best teams in the majors. What are we thinking of the Brew Crew? What are they eight and four? Is that right, Evo? Hell yeah. Yeah. Tied for the third best record in the league. So I I will say when we talk next week, they will be 10 and 8. Rob! Probably play six games between now and then. Come on, what what's what are you doing on the DL already? Three weeks, two weeks into the season. (laughs) That's crazy. Saving them for the playoffs. Come on. (laughs) They probably are saving them for the playoffs. (laughs) It's just it's just so early, Evo. And that's the beauty of that sport. And and you know what? Until pro- until proven otherwise, you know what a cynic I am with that owner. I'm I'm terrified for the pe- for the fan base because <laughs> they'll be 15 games over 500 when we when we get to the trading deadline, and 
and he sends uh, and he sends Burnsy or Woody or somebody like that on and Adamas out of town. And um, now, now if you can send Yelich out of town, Evo, I'll uh, hey, you know, hey, I'll, now we're talking. I, 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 I will I will throw a parade in downtown Milwaukee for uh, <laughs> for for Mr. Antonio. But uh, assuming that nobody wants that. Thirty million dollar a year contract, okay. and here's my question: Nor should they for a man who strikes out two and a half times a game. No, um, no Rob, for a guy who is you know a cynic and you know calling balls and strikes and all that, and you know, a <laughs> big critic of the Brewers, Craig Council, just uh, longest tenured manager, one thousand one hundred and eighty one games managed for the Milwaukee Brewers, no extension. He hasn't signed anything or nothing's been put in front of him that we know of. What does Robbie think of Craig Council? You know, I saw that the other day, and I forgot to look it up. But you know how many of those games he's won? Uh, what was his winning percentage? Like five or yeah, it was like a fifty-one-ish percent. I'd have to go. Oh, look. So he's over. He is over five hundred. Yes, I'm actually surprised by that. Um, <laughs> so eleven, eleven eighty-one, huh? I mean, so he'd have to, so he'd have to have won five ninety to to uh, you know go five hundred, and and you're saying he's better than that. Um, I mean, you, I mean, you guys know this as, as well as anybody, right? He, he's got oh, kids. Five fifteen. Five fifteen, Rob. 405 wins, three, 405 wins, 381 losses. Well, that doesn't add up to 1181, though. Um, no, I, I'm going to be off of my number. It's somewhere around there. I any, think anyhow, no, no, it's, it's okay. You know, I, I mean, I, I, I don't know enough about that. You know, you'd have to get your brewer experts on there to talk about that. I do know he's got, you know, uh, kids who are late in their high school careers. I think they're both seniors at Whitefish Bay, um, you know, or, or older kids that are going to go play college baseball and, Hey, I'll just I'll just tell you this as a dad, you, you hate to miss that stuff, and I'm sure he's missed, you know, ninety percent of their high school games through the years because he's, you know, he's watching Yelich strike out and he's he's taking burns out after seventy eight pitches. So, um, you know, he, uh, he he I I I would assume you know knowing knowing that he is a really good guy at heart and he's a family man and all that. You know, if, if his kids wind up playing at a high level college baseball, he might want to go and do that. And, Say he's done everything he can by that point in time with the Brewers. So well, we'll see how it all plays out. I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of him as in, in a lot of his in-game managing decisions and and things like that. And I do watch that team pretty closely. Um, you know, but at the same point in time, he's he stood the test of time, and he's obviously won more games than anybody in franchise history. So it would it would be a little bit of a blow if if, if they do lose him. So no, it is it, it is interesting. I that 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 it's lingering here as, as long as it has. And they've, and both sides that have allowed it to get here to the, to the final season where, you know, it, it, it does have the feeling a little bit like he could be a lame duck manager. So no, that'll, that'll be something I'm sure uh, you guys will talk about oh, yeah. through the course of the summer. Yeah. Rob, just before we let you go on your way, I do have a little bit of a Christian Yelich nugget for you. So he's had 49 oh, at bats this year. He has struck out 21 times. That is a strikeout rate of nearly 43%. And normally Oof. if you're at 30, that's where people start drawing the line. Oof. And if you take out the at bats in which he had gotten hits, because he has 12 hits this year, he's striking out nearly 57% of at bats where he does not even put it in play. So twenty-one out of forty-nine, you said, Nelly. Yes. Yeah, right. So that, yeah, yeah, that's three out of seven, or forty-three percent. That, that's just. I mean, and you guys have watched this young second baseman Terrain, who feels like he's got some Robin Yount in him a little bit. I mean, how how they haven't moved him up in the lineup and put Yelich down to seven, eight, nine. I mean, I I get it. Money money is kind of what drives everything at the end of the day, and they're they're paying that guy you know, six times probably what they're paying anybody else in the starting lineup every every day. But but if but if, but if you're not pulling your weight, right? If you're not pulling water, you how long can you stick with a guy like that? What 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 does he have now? Two extra base hits? Yeah, I think you give him until about June. Why? I think <laughs> why you, 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 why you, you, you've, given, you've given him the last two, two Robbie, three seasons. Why <laughs> you give him to about June to figure it out, and then it's time for Garrett Mitchell and the Bryce Terangs of the world to start to move up in the order. Yeah, and it might just be time to wave goodbye to Mister Yelich. Rob, here's a, we unfortunately have to wave goodbye to you for this segment, but I'll leave you on a high note, Robbie. With was this? What was your wedding this song? Was a high note. I mean, this is a high note tan- tangerine. This is a high note right here, Robbie. Oh, my Lord. Here's the high note, though, for you. Tanner Mordecai, Wisconsin Badgers quarterback. There's your high note, baby. Let's go, Robbie. That, that, thank you for bringing that into the equation. That is going to be a high note. Yep. That's the high note right there. 
Yep, I, I'm looking forward to that Wisconsin-Michigan Big Ten Championship game to, uh, to and, and the winner goes to the Final Four. Rob, we love you, buddy. Much love, homie. That, 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 that's my early prediction. Right national, now, Evo. national Championship coming up. Let's go. Noted. I filed it just away. Like, just like TCU from last year. Hell yeah. Year, Bucky. Rob, you're Absolutely. the man. You're the man, Rob. All right, boys. Tell Gary. Two weeks. Two weeks till the draft. You Count got it down. Uh, All right. Uh, Rob Reichel, Conley Media, Forbes.com. Tell Gary Wolfel we said hi. Oh. I don't think he got the last part.